that, everybody. Welcome to VO Boys for Monday, June 12th. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live in studio. I'm Clayton. In studio, I'm Pat. And Clayton, the podcast rises today, and we are the beasts who are going to tell you all about it. An incredible, incredible weekend at the box office took us all by surprise, I would say. so. A showdown is what they're reporting, that it was a showdown all weekend. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? It was not the winner that we expected. No. Got it. We got to lay our cards on the table. So why don't you give us a plow for the weekend of Friday, June 9th, 2023? Number one. Transformers Rise of the Beasts made $60.5 million in its first weekend. Number two, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse made $55.4 million, down only 54%. It added 19 theaters. It's at $225.4 million in its second weekend. Number three. The Little Mermaid made $22.7 million, down 45%. It is at $228.8 million in its third weekend. Number four, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 made $7 million, down only 34%. It lost 405 theaters. It's at $335.4 million in its sixth frame. And rounding out the top five, The Boogeyman made $6.9 million, down 44%. No theater change. It's at $24.7 million. That is your top five. So that means number six is Fast X. And what that means is on our weekend preview episode with me, you, and wannabe O intern Christopher, I am the one who who correctly predicted that The Boogeyman would come in ahead of Fast X. That's not true. That's not true? That is not true. That's not true. No. No. We all had Boogeyman above Fast X. I'm not the only one? No. We What we had was Boogeyman above Guardians. Oh, that's right. And you, you had Guardians above Boogeyman, so you did win. I did win. Okay. I won you, that one. Yeah. We, nobody... Like the Fast X I mean, Boogeyman? Are you l- fucking insane? Quickly, obviously, we've been... Fast X has become a, a dead horse of sorts. The Rock is, is the new Nolan. But there's the news that dropped this weekend that Fast X is now on PVOD. You could watch yes. Fast X at home. And obviously, it's PVOD, so it still costs $20. It's not directly cannibalizing ticket sales at theaters as much, you know, as if they just dropped it on Peacock. But... I mean, this is pretty big news that I Fast mean, X is already at home. Do you think Spideyverse is available at home after four weeks? No. I don't I do think not. so. That's the difference. No. That I mean, is the difference. Guardians of the Galaxy isn't available at home, and that's being distributed by Disney, who's the quickest to, oh, to put yeah. stuff oh, on absolutely. televisions. I mean, this just shows Universal knows when it comes to these fast movies, people are going to forget quickly. I think their fear was that if they wait another month to put it on PVOD, there would not be PVOD interest because people will have fully forgotten about Fast yes, X. Yes, yes. And they want to get those PVOD dollars while people still have it sort of slightly kind of in their memory. And, I mean, it is. It's one of those things where people still have that mindset of, you know, uh, there are some people who still have the mindset of, I have to wait for this, mm-hmm. you know. And the wait was shorter and they got excited and they were like, oh, wow, I can get this now instead of waiting another two or three weeks. Right, right, right. right. So that made the difference. Like you said, it's keeping this franchise in front of mind, which is sad. I mean, that that is it's a, bad, a bad thing. It's, it's a, a bad, bad sign for a, a, a series that, in theory, they still want to get two more movies out of yeah. in the next couple of years. And yet they're putting on PVOD in its third weekend at the box office. This is such a dead series. It mm-hmm. is such a dead series. And it goes against Universal's supposed edict where if a movie opens above 50 million, then they wait 30 days, 45 days or whatever. Like they just totally gave up on that for Fast X. Mm-hmm. They know 
that people do not care about this franchise anymore. I mean, it's a smart business move, absolutely, but it bodes poorly for the future of the franchise, as yeah. we're saying here. And FastX is now at 138 domestic, having just made $5.2 million this weekend. It seems like it's maybe not even going to get to 150. Mm, I don't think oh, 150 yeah, no domestic way. is guaranteed. Well, because when you think about it, you still got Spidey going strong. Right. You got this Transformers movie, which I think is going to drop big in the second weekend, but it still made 60. Right. So it's dropping and, big from a bigger place. Like it's still way more popular, which we'll get into, than we expected it to be. And then uh, Flash is coming out, which Flash yes. is not going to do gangbusters. It looks like it's not tracking at like over 100 or anything. Well, we'll get but, into that on the gonna, weekend preview because I might disagree with that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's going to... Preview of the preview. What I'm saying is it is going to cut into whatever remaining is there. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, right now, these movies are super serving the guy special effects crowd. Mm -hmm. You know, between Guardians, Fast X, Transformers, Spideyverse, Flash coming out, Indy coming out, like that, that is a very splintered audience. And that's summer movies, that's what you're going to get. Oh, yeah, yeah. But if you're a mediocre one or one that doesn't have that level of interest, you're going to sink even quicker Absolutely. right now. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, let's get let's get into the, the the big story, which is Transformers: Rise of the Beasts overperformed. These beasts, they didn't overperform in terms of what I think expectations might have been a year ago. You know, it didn't. Sixty million opening, I would say, is still not what Paramount probably wanted when they dated a new big budget Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. But it definitely overperformed compared to where the tracking was in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but it didn't overperform where the tracking was initially. Because the right. initial tracking was in the 70s. So like, we have to keep all this in perspective, right. right? No, totally. I think overall it's an underperformer to what they always hoped it would have done, which is go back to being a Michael Bay-level Transformers that opens you know, $80, $90, $100 million. Now, do we want to get into the fact that this is basically a stolen number one here. Do we want to go negative uh, uh, right now? Because I will. I mean, you're you're ready to do it, so you should. Because I can't tell you you to bottle your negativity and talk about something else because the negativity inside you will just just eat you alive. Here's what I'll say. Mm -hmm. A movie making $60 million when the last movie opened to what? The tw- in the twenties, Bumblebee. Bumblebee opens, opens I think, twenty-four million. Okay. Yeah, positive, right? Yeah. I'm sure the budget of this was way higher than that one. Yes. Okay. Now here's the issue with this money. Mm-hmm. Sixty mil. Okay. This is a five-day weekend, basically. All right. Okay. Because there were special previews on Wednesday, starting at seven p.m. Mm-hmm. Those are folded in. Mm-hmm. Thursday screenings started at three p.m. Okay, so really all you're missing out on is what noon, a noon screening. Right. So they had all of Thursday. Mm -hmm. Then Friday. Right. Normal weekend. Saturday. It was beat on Saturday by Spidey when actual people went to the movie theater that, you know, not actual people, but people who are on a weekend going to see a movie. They usually. Yeah. Friday night. But Saturday is like a big day. Okay. Right. Other thing is. It didn't have all the PLFs, but it had the bulk. Like, if 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 you were going to see a movie in a premium large format, it was going to be Transformers: Rise of the Beast because it had the IMAXs, it had the Screen Xs, it had the Dolbys. Right, okay? and it had, and it probably had the seven or eight PM showings in those theaters. You know, Spidey might have gotten. The early, early IMAX, the 11 a.m. and the like 10.30 p.m. IMAXs. But Transformer was getting the IMAX showings that really drive the, the the numbers. And now I didn't see any PLFs available in the New York area, at least the city proper. Okay. So, so I didn't see when I looked last weekend. So maybe there was a few. I don't know. But the bulk of the PLFs were with the Beasts. Okay. Right. And here, this is from Deadline. This is from Anthony Diaz for Decepticon, mm-hmm. D'Alessandro. Mm-hmm. Okay. Intelligence, which d- d- does box office data. 
says that Spider-Verse and Beasts each had 4.3 million people see it this weekend. Okay. Okay. So, same so number of tickets sold. even. Yeah. But here's the difference. The premium screens, mm. right? Mm-hmm. The premium screens made the difference because the ticket prices were different, right? So Spideyverse had a 12.49 average. Uh, 13.15 was the average for Transformers, right? right These are ticket right. prices. So higher ticket price, okay? Right. The, the issue here is that they're reporting numbers like it was a regular weekend when there was a bulk of IMAX and PLFs on Thursday, Right. Okay. So this, if there was even share of IMAXs and PLFs for these two movies, Spideyverse would have beat this movie, and it would have beat this movie. I don't want to say handily, but it definitely would have made more money than this Transformers movie. They're padding the stats, and it's wow. great. This is a great business move. Listen, Paramount, smart. They're having hits. They're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. They don't have the big franchises. They don't have their Spidey. They don't have their Marvel. They don't have their Star Wars. They, I mean, they have G.I. Joe. They have, okay. They have we'll get Tom Cruise, it. all right, they have is Tom what Cruise. they have. And they IP, have Scream, yeah. but Scream's not, you know, Scream's at this level, and I'm putting my hand low. So we don't have right. the YouTube video right now, but you'd see where my, my hand is. Right, right. I'm going above my head when I'm talking about, like, other franchises, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they, Scream is not ever going to compete with your uh, Star Wars's right. at its your height. Batman's. Your or Batman's. Or when Star Wars. For, exactly. For the kids out there, Star Wars is a franchise that used to do movies. Yes, I'm sorry. I, I am dating myself by saying Star Wars makes money at the box yeah, office. Yeah. My apologies. It's a TV that, series now. Right. That's like saying that a big film IP right now is John Wayne. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I am dating myself. Yeah, yeah. But this is a stolen number one. I mean, okay, stolen is a big word. Stolen box office. Stolen gets the clicks. So it does get the clicks. If we title this episode Transformers uh, is accused of stolen box office. No, no, no. Because you got to get the clicks. So Transformers Rise of the Beast steals. Steal. And then this is all caps. Steals box Uh, office is all caps. And then it's question mark, exclamation point, question mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stolen box office. The question mark in those keeps us from litigation. Exactly. Because if you put one question mark in the middle of all the exclamation, you then can it's say still anything. a question. You could say anything. You could say anything, as long as you put a question mark in between two exclamations. And it only has to be one. Yep. If saying stolen box office is one of the highest accusations we could throw at a movie, mm-hmm. to say that a movie has stolen box office, I don't know... If I could go along for this ride and say this is a case of stolen box office. Because off the bat, let's start with the PLFs. Okay. Obviously, and we say it every week, there needs to be more PLFs. Yes. These studios, these theater chains, and I know all these theater chains are in bankruptcy court. But you know what? It's all funny money anyway. Get get the finance community to lend you a couple of hundred million yeah. more, a couple of billion more. Build more PLFs. We need more IMAXs. More premium screens, more Dolby surround sounds. We wouldn't have these issues because Spider-Man would have plenty of PLFs. Transformers would have plenty of PLFs. Guardians would still have some PLFs. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we beat that drum every week. But things are what they are. And every time a giant new movie opens, it gets the PLFs and the movie from last week loses them. And that's just how it goes. Spideyverse opened last week. And it got all the PLFs, mm-hmm. and it took them away from, was Fast X the movie the weekend before, or? No, Fast X didn't have, uh, I don't think Fast X had them anymore at that point, right? Because what would have opened the weekend before Spider-Verse? If Spider-Verse opened on the uh, on the second, then, but whatever, you know what I'm saying? Mermaid. Or, or Mermaid, Mermaid. So Spider-Verse came in, and it took a ton of PLFs away from The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. And you can't, I mean, let's Spider-Verse obviously beat Little Mermaid by a lot in its first weekend. It wasn't close, but you can't come out here and cry stolen box office for the Little Mermaid because Spider-Verse opened and it got the PLF. So I don't, I don't think the premium screens thing could be a case. The case that you could make for stolen box office against Transformers Rise of the Beast is that it really did open on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Th- listen, Thursday... Previews 
being folded into the weekend is the standard. Yep, and, and a and, lot of times they do 3 p.m.s. Exactly. It's yeah. either 7 or 3, it depends. Yeah, so I don't think that's much of a case. I mean, listen, if we had Brandon Gray sitting here right now, the founder oh. of the original Box Office Mojo, not the shit site that you look at now, but mm-hmm. he founded it when it was great, he's always been a proponent of not including the Thursday preview numbers in the three-day weekend. He lost that battle. Yes. The studio's won the battle of that gets folded in to a three-day weekend. So we have to change the metric. But but it's it's very hard to to push a train off the tracks. Oh yeah, but like, I mean we, we have to cha- we have to change the metric. Um uh, we've already ch- it's already been changed, right? So that's why you can't look at uh, a movie back in the day that was only getting the money from Friday, Saturday, Sunday and compare it to now. Exactly, because of these Thursday It's different numbers. eras. It's just, it's a different era It's situation. different eras. Yeah. So the case then for stolen box office is really comes down to the Wednesday, the Wednesday screenings being folded into a three-day weekend, yeah. which that is out of the ordinary. If you show a movie on a Wednesday, that typically then makes it a Wednesday opener and a five-day weekend, Mm -hmm. and then your Friday, Saturday, Sunday is your three-day. Yeah. So that is the case, and I don't know if the Wednesday number is enough to say that that is the reason why it beat Spider-Man for number one this weekend. Yeah. I think Rise of the Beast just overperformed recent expectations. It did it. I mean, we were... All on here last weekend, uh, last episode, saying low to mid 40s on this movie. And it got to 60. No, we didn't say low to mid 40s. We were in the 50s. Well, I said 44. So uh, okay, I was low. well, then you were low. Um, but I mean, even you guys at 50, it was this is more. 60.5 is more than where we thought it was a week ago. I think this is a problem for the tracking services right now. I think the tracking services are. I'm not going to say that they're in the same boat as election pollsters, but right now the tracking services have been off. And I think this is something they're going to have to figure out. All of these, the data that they're pulling in might not be the right data anymore because they are pretty off. Well, are you blaming them for the Spidey cartoon doing so much more than expected because that happens. so much more but that happens it does happen but I, we're starting to see this more and more i mean nobody had mario as high you know nobody had mario as high as it went right i mean we were like we were saying that it could go crazy and in mendelson was on the show and said it could go crazy but we didn't know it would go that crazy there there i think the expectations are people still are looking at Last year and the year before as comps. It's like, no, we are at 2019. You have to compare to 2019. Yeah. And I think they're still assuming that less people are going to the theaters than are. Right, right. Because what you're seeing are movies like Rise of the Beast this weekend, which was not a movie that I don't think the public was really asking for. Mm Mm-hmm. And not a movie that did great reviews, and obviously we're not critics, huh? huh? Reviews aren't everything for summer movies, but it it's a movie where people just went, I want to go see something in the theater, what's the biggest movie this weekend? And that is what Transformers Rise of the Beast benefited from. And also, I mean, it, 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 when you're looking at these, these movies that have been huge, the Hispanic community is over-indexing on all these. Mm-hmm. It, it's the highest percentage on this movie and Spidey and all these. And the thing could be that they are not going on Twitter and saying, I'm seeing this movie this weekend. Mm-hmm. They're not maybe pre-buying or whatever. They might just be like, we're going to see this movie. We're going to buy tickets on this day, whatever. It that could be. It could be a situation where they're not in that bigger conversation as much as the trackers are used to with like nerds, right? right. The nerds being nerds like, are easy I'm to so track. excited for the Flash because yeah, they'll just talk yes. about the Flash incessantly, incessantly, yes. and then the Hispanic community will be like, all right. I'm going to go see this movie because it's something I like to do, and I'm not going to make a big fucking deal about it. You know, it is, there is something to 
just nerd community movies in general, which are, of course, Star Wars and and Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. That's nerd community versus any other kind of movie. And it does become harder to track non-nerd movies. Yeah. Because, like you said, nerds are vocal about what they're going to do. You could... The the easiest thing in the world to do is to track a nerd mm-hmm. because a nerd will go on their phone and tell you everywhere they're going to be, everywhere exactly. they've been. Yeah, you know, uh, if if you were a hitman and you get assigned a nerd oh. to kill, easiest payday of your life. Absolutely, because you're just going on Twitter or Foursquare. You'd be home or by five, right? You're finding that nerd right away because yeah, that nerd's yeah. telling you this is the basement I'm in, this is the game I'm playing. Whatever. So I you mean, know new where comic book day. I mean, you just right. go, you know, you know exactly where they're going to be, new comic book day. So if you're a hitman or if you are a forecaster of box office, the easiest thing in the world is to track nerds. Mm-hmm. And not that Transformers is it. But Transformers is a little bit of a movie for jocks because it was a Michael Bay movie. It's a movie for, obviously, when we look at these numbers, a more diverse audience. Mm-hmm. I think the more diverse you get the less nerdy you're going to get. Yeah. Um, Agreed. And the Spidey movie, even though it's a Marvel movie, is a more diverse and less nerdy version of a Marvel movie, which made it harder to track. And so I think the, the these, you know, the, the movie forecasters, these tracking services, had a great easy decade where for the most part they were making their money just tracking uh, nerd movies. They could just look Marvel at hashtags. Movies. Yes. You know? Yeah. So they're going to have to work harder to figure out what the audiences are, are planning to, to see in the next week. So here's demos. These are the demos as of Sunday when mm-hmm. we were recording. Uh, 76% general audiences and 24% family, which okay. is a demo breakdown we don't normally get. But this looks like it was like you know, there's some family interest here. So seventy six in that seventy six percent, what they're saying is these people do not have families. Uh, they didn't go as a family. They didn't go as a family. Yeah, they're not all orphans. Would that'd be interesting though? Would if orphans love this because it's like, oh, what if Optimus Prime could adopt me? Right, right. It's a wish fulfillment. Yeah, because that's often the case in these Transformers movie. Is there is a uh, like a parent child relationship between the giant robot and yeah. the, the young stars. I'm sorry, did I say Optimus Prime? I meant Optimus Primal. Oh, is that is that the name of the beast? I, I, I think one of the beasts is called Optimus Primal. Great. Hey, listen, good for Optimus Primal, overperformed at the box office. Yeah. One other question about that 76% that's a non-family audience. If you go with your spouse or domestic partner, are you counted as a family? Well, no, I don't believe so. I mean, we we can like we need to dig into this more. Yeah. I think family means uh, going with the child, mama, baby, dad. Got it. Maybe a, an, an extra kid. Yeah, yeah. So, so a childless couple taking an elderly parent—they are not a family. They are a general audience. I, th- I mean. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would look at them. I guess I'd look at them as a family. Yeah, I mean, general audience may mean me, my buddy Chad, Billy, uh, Scott, right. uh, uh, you know, um, Frenchie, Fre- Yeah, exactly. The but, whole gang, right? Or me on a date, okay, with somebody who is I'm not domestically in a partnership with, right? But, but you I, may be, you may be living with and splitting rent, but that's just because it's New York and. Yeah, that ain't no family. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's – and but we can dig deeper into this. And if anybody has this specific information as right. to what this entails. I think we could assume it's 76% childless, 20 uh, – or what is it, 74% – 76% childless. Yeah, and then 24% with child. With child. Yeah. 62% male. That right? I mean, that tracks. 38% female, so not a lot of female interest here. Right. between 18 and 24, 20% between 25 and 34, 18 to 34s were 46%. Okay. All right. Uh, 31% was 35 plus. Okay. So a little bit of an old, I mean, this is not book club, but it's a little bit of an older audience. But it tracks because those Transformer movies started in what, 2007? And if you were in your teens then- 
you're in your early 30s right now late 20s right. early 30s right i mean maybe older but you know but maybe younger maybe younger diversity demos 32% hispanic and latino right Showing up. 31% Caucasian, 21% black, 11% Asian, and 5% other, right? So uh, Hispanic population, they're going to see movies. They're going to see the big tent poles. Yep. And, uh, you know, Anthony Ramos is not a star. And I don't think people went to see it because Anthony Ramos is in it. But it doesn't hurt. No, no. I think think it is... It, he exactly. He's a star who doesn't hurt in any way because nobody's gonna be like, I him, fucking hate that guy. Right. If you know him, you like him. And if you don't know him, then it's a wash. Yeah. He's and just I a think, guy that's in a movie that's probably pretty good in it. Right. 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 So, yes, you're not, it's not the bringing in Marky Mark like they did in the, in the middle Transformers movies where you brought in a star who will bring in a fan base. But Anthony Ramos is going to be someone who doesn't turn anyone off and probably draws some people in who are like, hey, you know what? Looks like me. That's a yeah, that's someone absolutely. I can relate to. So I think that's a plus. It's, you know, this is a win for him because there was a risk factor with this Transformers movie that it could have full on tanked. Oh, yeah. And I think obviously it wouldn't have tanked because of Anthony Ramos. But that's not good for his career if this Transformers movie had opened to like $36 million. Mm-hmm. I think then he's off the, the chessboard of actors who you could put into a big, big movie if this had bombed. And the fact that this opened to 60, he stays on that chessboard of these studios. Could be like, oh, yeah, Anthony Ramos could be in the Stretch Armstrong movie. Yeah. Now, Anthony D is for Decepticong. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's one, but it could be. Mm-hmm. Is uh, talking about what people were going to see this movie for. Okay. I mean, he's just talking about the screen engine, com score, post track stuff. Got it. Love so, post track. Forty two percent went because it was a franchise they loved. Okay. Forty one said it looked fun and entertaining. Genre, genre type of movie was 35%. VFX was 27%. Uh, so attending for the actors was 8%. Mm. So, you know, and Anthony says in his, his article, people don't go to these, these movies for stars. Well, you're saying that because there's no star in this movie, right? Yeah, I think Definitely Shia LaBeouf people, helped yeah. in the original Michael Bay And then Megan Fox helped in the yes, sequels. And 100%. then Mark Wahlberg. You don't bring in Mark Wahlberg. The thing is, is no offense to Anthony Ramos mm-hmm. or Ramos. You you get a star. I mean, listen, and he's not going to do it. But you put Tom Cruise in the Transformers movie, you're going to get people in there. Leo in a Transformers movie. I mean, look movie, at that Mummy movie. Exactly. One of the worst move, summer movies in decades. It ended up making like $400 million worldwide because Tom Cruise is in it. Yeah. If Tom Cruise is in this Transformers Rise of the Beast, it opens to So don't tell me million. people don't yeah. go to these movies for stars. People go to any movie that has a star in it. If the star can have butts in the seats, magnetism. The problem is we don't have enough of those. Right. And, and it's there. The ones that we have are busy. And are you going to overpay to get one of these five to ten stars in a Transformers movie when instead you could just, we don't have to pay Tom Cruise $25 It makes this movie $25 cheaper. And the Shia LaBeouf situation was they got him when he was emerging, right? Right. So they got him when people were the highest on him as a prospective star. Right. I mean, that would be, I think you said on the weekend preview, that would be like them casting— Logan Paul. Well, Logan Paul, a female rising star. Think oh, Jenny Ortega. Jenny Ortega. Yeah. yeah, but she's busy. Yeah, she's busy writing the second season of of Wednesday. Yep, she's yep. got the Scream movies. Yep, you know she's probably got a ton of other movies. Oh, she's doing Beetlejuice too. She's doing Beetlejuice. I mean, yeah, the young lady's busy. Yes, yeah, she can't be everywhere at all times. Yeah, yeah, and or like a Zendaya or someone like that. You know, if you if you brought her into Transformers Rise of the Beast, that's a big selling point. Absolutely, but she's doing Dune. She's doing Dune, exactly. So there's only a handful of those stars, so you weren't you weren't going to overpay to get that in Rise of the Beast. So this movie, 
$60.5 million. Again, it's a, it's a thing where the expectations got so low that this surpasses those. I still feel like this is going to be an opening and probably a run that will make it tough to justify doing more of these Transformers yeah. movies. I mean, I know it's a worldwide play. Yeah. And it's doing pretty well worldwide. It's in the same situation as the Fast movies where it's almost more about the international dollars than it is domestic. But you would want a movie like this opening to more than 60 if you're going to justify making more of these. Yeah, I feel that way. And it's like Hasbro has Transformers. And then I did – I guess – listen, I'm just going to admit my ignorance here. Mm -hmm. Hasbro also owns Dungeons & Dragons. Mm Mm-hmm. So that Dungeons and Dragons movie did not go over a hundred million dollars. Now, obviously, different levels. That's right. an that's a uh, it wasn't budgeted the same. Wasn't as Wasn't budgeted, movie. and you know it wasn't expected to do like a Transformers movie, right? But that's one that I guess from reading articles they're going to do a TV show on Paramount Plus. But uh, I, I mean, I don't know if that cast is going to be in it. It's like I don't think you're getting, and I know. Chris Pine isn't exact. He's not Tom Cruise, but I don't know if you're getting Chris Pine in a streaming version of Dungeons and Dragons. The Dungeons and Dragons movie situation is interesting because it didn't do gangbusters at the theater, but it yeah. did well. It had a good run. It got to 93 or so. And I do think that's a situation where people really did like that movie yeah. and are liking it as they find it on streaming. Yes. And I do think if they made another one, it would make more and potentially really take off. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're both in that camp where we feel like this is a situation where it's too fertile of a ground to just salt it. Yes. And and you can't just turn – once you turn into a streaming series, then it's, it's yeah. worthless. It's worthless. Absolutely. It's going to get lost in the shuffle. You know, it's going to be 10 episodes that are going to cost you so much money. Right. That you might end up just putting it on Pluto at some point right. because it might make more sense as a tax write-off to not have it on your service. Right. So, I mean, I'm, of course, I'm looking like five years in the future here, but right. like that to me feels like a dumb move. Yeah, I think that is a franchise, uh, Paramount Hasbro franchise, that they should look at taking another shot at a sequel because it really could break out. This Transformers Rise of the Beast, obviously, we'll see what the holds are the next few weeks. I, 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 I'm I, sorry. I think that this is – I already have said it's an inflated total. Okay. And so I think it does come crashing down. Yeah, you're looking at like a 65% drop or something. Next yeah, weekend. because I Flash think- is going to just – is going to just suck up all the oxygen. And then people will still go see Spidey. I mean, people, 55, I mean, 4.3 million people went to see Spidey in the second weekend with almost no PLFs. Well, I mean, we're, we're, you know, not to step on our toes of the weekend preview episode, but I think we both think that next weekend Spidey's going to finish ahead of Transformers Rise of the Beast in the rankings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, Flash is coming in. So... You know, this Transformers $60 million number is nowhere near worst-case scenario. No. The tracking and expectations were getting to, like, could this open low 40s, could it hit 30s? But it's the muddy middle, which is really difficult to, like, think about what to do here in the future. Yeah. And obviously, I think— we can talk about this, and I'm always the guy who's like, "Don't spoil, don't spoil." I know what you're going to say, but 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 this so is so slight spoiler coming up for Transformers slash the Hasbro verse. Yeah, we have to talk about this as a business yes. move, right? Yes. And that's why. And it's funny. I mean, that, and it's also audience. It's a spoiler that you shouldn't give no shits about. So exactly, want, yeah. and it, and it just shows how. I can't even think of the word right now. Like cynical, maybe? I would say uh, desperate. Desperate, if yeah. this is going to come up desperate. Let's tell them what is the spoiler for uh, the Hasbro verse that is in Transformers Rise of the Beast. Well, they're trying to tie it into G.I. Joe. Yes. Right? Which we don't know what it's going to look like if it ever happens. I mean, this could be one of those situations where there was supposed to be another uh, – uh, God, what is the um, – 
Well, it's the thing that comes Independence to mind. Day. Yes. Yeah, where they're like, we got to go to space to fight them, and right. that's never going to happen, right? Or, so, or to to me, it's it's like, and eventually they made this movie. Oh, but Freddy versus Jason. It's for yeah. Freddy versus Jason. It's situation. the ma- It's the it's claw coming out of the grave and grabbing the mask. Right, and that's when Jason goes to, to hell, hell and, and at the end, the Freddy glove comes up, pulls the mask down. And that was put in the movie just as a one-time gag. That was a goof. Yeah, it was a goof. Yeah, it was before there were these shared universes, and they did as a goof, and then immediately uh, set the, I guess it was the internet around at that point. It set AOL chat rooms on fire or whatever. Uh, what, what was this? What was the pre-internet tra- chat rooms? It was, it was like, like Gia City's message yeah, boards yeah, and yeah. stuff. But anyway, people, whoever the nerds of that time went nuts for that. They wanted the crossover movie. There were no plans for it. The crossover movie didn't happen until like 15 years later. Oh, yeah. I read a, I've read an entire like 500-page book about every iteration of that film before it actually got made. Great. I'm yeah. so glad you read that. So I read it so you don't have to. Thank you. So with this, uh, uh, this uh, stinger scene where G.I. Joe is introduced into the Transformers universe – they probably don't know exactly what they want to do with it, other than their hope was people get really excited and say, I want it, I want it, I want it. And yeah. I don't think that is happening on the internet. I don't think people are No, people have laughed. I've 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 okay. when I've gone on the Reddit. Okay. Say whatever you will about Reddit. I've there's a lot of people who laugh. Now, that might just be Are they like not, are, is this people typing LOL 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 in Reddit threads or reports of laughter? They're reporting their laughter. Uh, got right. It, got so, it. it's one of those things where they're reporting their laughter having seen it. Yeah. Uh now they could be masking true excitement and say, "Oh, this is dumb. This is dumb." But inside being like, "Oh, this is actually cool." Right. I don't think that's the case. I don't, I don't think, think so. anybody thinks this is cool because Number one, I, I could have told you that this was going to happen, number I, one. I feel like it's obviously something that has been talked about since either of these movies got made by Paramount. And and, and we're, we live in the shared universe uh, culture now where as soon as something is does decently and is owned by the same company that has something else, they want to put them together. Right, right. And so I don't think this is a surprise. It's not going to blow anybody's mind. It's not like Captain America's shield in the ice. Right. Right. Those sort of thrills are no longer uh, available to us. Right. Because we know things are going to – I mean the talk of a Marvel DC crossover, which will happen Mm -hmm. out of desperation in a few years. Right. And also because someday Apple will own both of those companies. Yeah, and it's going to make sense, right? So – that's going to happen. There's no longer a tingle down below for any of this stuff. It right. just seems very cynical. Right. Well, and it's it also, I think the the problem with with pitching that crossover as some kind of big deal is that the last GI Joe movie was a total flop. Right, summer of twenty twenty one. Oh, Snake Eyes Origin. There was Snake Eyes Origin, and that was a mega flopperoo. And neither of the GI Joe movies previous to that were giant hits. They did fine, they but did they fine. didn't trans. They didn't do Transformers. No, because no. there was never a billion dollar GI Joe movie. Like Retaliation did well. Yeah, the the first one did well. But they were never mega hits, and then the third one was a full-on flop. So their their big uh, teaser here is, hey, that dead franchise is now going to be part of Transformers. And that dead franchise about basically army guys with stupid names. Right. Like, that's the thing, is Transformers, they're robots that turn into A, cars, or B, animals. Right. G.I. Joe is guys with guns. Right. Right. Which that does, you know, that does money at the box office in some instances. Like John Wick's a guy with a gun. Right. Right. right? Or like 1917 did really well. Yeah. So Dunkirk guys with guns. Did well. It's like G.I. Joe is an IP that's almost best served just being in war movies. Yeah. You know, in Oscar bait dramas, not really like summer popcorn flicks. And you're not going to have Channing Tatum. Well, that's that's the other thing is that he didn't even want to do the sequel. He was like, right. kill me in the sequel. Right. His, he was like, I'll show up to do a couple of scenes where I play video games with The Rock. 
And you might have The Rock because he's desperate. Well, that So that's the, that is the interesting part here is they're teasing G.I. Joe, but they don't have a star associated with the character. That, well, because they haven't casted yet. I mean, that's right. the thing is like it is – it's not a goof, but it's definitely a – that card – so apparently in the scene, the a card is extended to Anthony Ramos where it's like, hey – you should check us out. Right. And he thinks the guy's just giving him a card for his like car service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, He's like, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, if I ever need like a limo or something. Mm-hmm, then absolutely. Looks, yeah. And then it's like, no, we're G.I. Joe or whatever. Right. And so that is one of those things where it's like, okay, that's a card extended to the audience saying, are you interested in this? I know. And what do, what do most people do with, and I maybe this is only for people in New York that – your front door, there's little business cards sometimes that get like stuck onto oh, yep. your mailboxes. Someone will go around a local business with their business card, stick it in a mailbox. I've got a new pizzeria. I've got a new uh, Chinese restaurant. I've got a new car service. Yeah, I've got yeah, a yeah. new you know store that sells I walk pets. whatever. I walk pets. I give guitar lessons. They stick the little business card on your front door. Most of the time, you let a bunch of those collect. And you pull them out without looking at them, and you throw them in the garbage. No, you know that I don't even the, look at them. I, I said without looking at them. But I, but I don't pick them up. I let them drop, and then when the weather, when the rain comes, washes it away. Oh wow! So okay, I leave it on the porch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I try to keep the front of my uh, residence clean, no, but I don't touch those cards. So I think that's what an audience does with this GI Joe card. Yeah, absolutely. Is they're like, actually, can you just throw it out for me? Yeah, as a business, Joe, Joe, can you do me a favor? I like. Did you see the sign? No posting menus, flyers here. Could you just could you just throw that out for me? I think it's a. I don't want to say smart business move. It's a mandatory business move. Yes. at this point to yeah. try and get these connected. I mean, it's just the way the entertainment and movie industry works right now. But by the time this happens, it's going to be old news. Nobody cares about G.I. Joe, huh? huh? Nobody cares. About, I I should. We should it's care too, about G.I. Joe. It's and a we franchise don't. that's two slightly above average hits and one full out bomb. And I think what we're seeing this year is a a failure in these desperate attempts to have stingers bail out the box office of flops. Mm-hmm. Because if you go back to Black Adam. Which is a movie that this is comp to with its box office. Right. It opened lower than Black Adam. Black yeah. Adam opens at 65. But even Black though Adam I, I said had... that was a flop for weeks and weeks and weeks. I always said Keep that. going with that. Keep going so, with but that. But if you just want, if you look at Black Adam had the stinger of, hey, Superman's in this. Mm-hmm. And that stinger, I would say, is mainly there to try and get people to go to the movie to see that stinger. Yeah. And then but Quantumania, got... that had a great stinger, right? That's the one you're going to talk about next, and Quantumania? Then, well, Quantumania had the, the Kang stuff, which is part of their BS. I, I, but I think looking at other stingers that I think were placed in there to try and drive box office, you had Shazam that had the... Gal Gadot Wonder Woman thing in there, which was clearly I don't know if it was a stinger or no, in the middle of the movie. No, that was like in the movie. But that's a scene that they shot that and stuck it in there because they're like, we need this scene to get attention so that people will go see it because of this. Like that basically is a stinger that they just dropped in the middle of the movie instead of the middle of the credits. But it's the same thing. And then you're gonna talk about Fast X, right? And then Fast X when you have the Rock cameo, that is obviously to bring them back into the franchise, but. That's, again, a stinger that's there to try and prop up the box office of that movie. And I think this G.I. Joe thing is sort of the same thing of, like, let's get this in there because maybe people will go see this movie because they want to see a faceless G.I. Joe Hand a business like card that says like administrative guy, like right. like not even not even that has like G.I. Joe's like fax number. And on listen, it. I'm down on the rock. But if you had The Rock handing that card yes. to Anthony Ramos, I'd at least be like, okay. Yes, yes. But, but this guy's not a guy. Yes. If Channing Tatum comes out and says, here, I want you to join the team, our uh, minds would be fucking blown. That's great. Because, because Channing, Channing Tatum, Tatum is a star. Yes, And yes. he's proved it with Dog, and he's proved it with 
the Lost, the Lost City. City. Yes, yes. And and The Rock doing the stinger for this Transformers movie as G.I. Joe, then it just sets The Rock up to be the stinger guy in movies all summer. Uh-huh. Then you're sort of expecting like, hey, do you think The Rock is going to be in a stinger at the end of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? Who knows? And And, and maybe he would do it as like, it's a crossover between the journey to the center of the Earth universe and Indy. It could be. And yeah. he's saying, here's my card next time you want to go into the jungle. Or it's like or, Jungle Cruise and Indy crossover. I don't know anything about this Indy movie. Yeah. And I'm not going to say Indy dies because I don't know. But say, you know, at the funeral and Fleabag is standing there and she's crying or whatever. Oh, she's great. Yeah. And then guy walks up. Uh-huh. Big hulking guy. Right. In. Uh, in a fucking, uh, you know, safari black suit. Outfit. Well, okay. Uh, yeah. uh, he's in a black safari outfit. Okay. Black colored safari outfit. Got the hat on. Right. And she's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm his son. I'm his son. I'm his son Which the age about. does match up. As old as Dwayne The Rock Johnson is now, he would be Harrison Ford's son. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I never knew my dad. Whatever. Right. I mean, that's. That's something that is so ridiculous, but it get, would get me excited. It would get you excited. Yeah, th- this this G.I. Joe stinger, you know, we've spent a lot of time on this G.I. Joe stinger talking about the opening weekend of Transformers. But this but... is talking about the future of this franchise. Because yeah. the future of this franchise is, now. I know we got the cartoon coming next summer. We know nothing about right. it. Right. Wannabe O intern Christopher broke that story on our last episode that I, there's a cartoon in theaters Transformers. I guess it's about Optimus Prime on his home planet. So it's young Optimus. That's what I've heard. Great. All great. right. Which is, could young, be something. Young Sheldon was a hit show, so you got to try Young Optimus as a movie. Young Rock was not a hit. Well, Young Rock just canceled uh, the, this past weekend. More we don't do news TV news, but uh, you know, as it relates to Dwayne The Rock Johnson, takes another loss here. Yeah. So that could be something. I don't know if it's going to be connected or whatever. Who knows? Right. I mean, it could be a movie that ends up just going to Paramount Plus. We don't know. We right, don't know. Right, right. So I think the future of the franchise hinges on this card, on this yeah. card that says G.I. Joe, are you interested? Right, right. The ne- the next movie, if they do another Transformers movie, that has to be the Transformers G.I. Joe movie. Because I don't think G.I. Joe is viable as, as a, a separate, standalone no. now. It's a Hulk situation. Yeah. The Hulk can't do his own movie. He yes. had to be with somebody else. Yes, yes. Like, obviously, if they, which is not going to happen, if they did a Transformers G.I. Joe movie that is amazing and was a billion-dollar hit, then you could, okay, now G.I. Joe could do his own movie again. Mm-hmm. But, yes, the next movie would have to be that combo. And well, I, it's like Godzilla versus Kong. Godzilla needed Kong. Yes, yes. Kong is the star. Yeah. Yeah, and Godzilla is a great... The thing is, value add. He's a great value add. We don't know if GI Joe is going to be a great value add. Yeah. I mean, the the run of this movie is going to be interesting because if it draw, if this movie only does like a two times multiplier and only gets like 120, 125 domestic, it is hard to make a case that you've got to do another Transformers movie. The thing is, Paramount is going to keep trying mm-hmm. because... It's all they got. It's all they got are these Hasbro IPs, Scream, which is a lower-budget IP. Yeah. Tom Cruise, which is an IP that it won't happen for another two to 300 years, but eventually he will get too old to do movies. Yes. So, like, there's a there is a... Uh, uh, end date on the Tom Cruise IP, but the way which it's is like the year thirty twenty seven. The something. way it's shaping up, Paramount could have the biggest opening and maybe the biggest domestic earner of the summer with that Mission Impossible movie. Yes, I mean that's definitely possible. It's very possible at this. Point. I mean, maybe not the biggest opening because Spidey was huge one twenty, but I mean, who knows? I mean, there is it's a, possible. It's possible because. Again, this this I I'm less high on this, but the Top Gun Maverick bump is real. Yes, I'm w- I'm not I'm not as high as like everybody who saw that movie is going to see this movie. It's not, but, but I do but think the Venn diagram is is going to be overlapped in a large way. Yeah, I mean, talking to wannabe O intern Christopher about the youngins. Last, yes, when he said that there is a Maverick bump for his age group, that yeah. college kids are excited about Dead Reckoning because of how much they love Maverick. That was eye-opening. Yeah. 
because we always think of the Maverick bump as being oldsters, as being oldsters. Our dads, you know, our father-in-laws, whoever are going to see this because they loved Maverick. And you forget college kids loved Maverick. Yeah. And almost got introduced to Tom Cruise Mm -hmm. a year ago. Yeah, this might be the second. This might be the second Tom Cruise movie they see in theaters. Right, right, right. So Transformers, it is a fine opening weekend, but under the expectations that you would have had for this, I would say six months ago. Six months ago, you're like, Transformers movie, weekend to itself in June, it should open to $90 million. Numbers are still inflated in my mind. Again, we need more PLFs. I understand that that's not the reality, so I can't ding anybody for that. I think you could just ding that the Wednesday got folded into the weekend. Thursday numbers are just baked into every opening weekend. Yeah. So the and the Wednesday it's not like it did 20 million dollars on no, Wednesday. No, no. And so. I think the Wednesday was like fan access. So I don't know yeah. how many screenings it was, but they definitely I mean they started at 3 p.m. on Thursday, which is a thing cuz sometimes it's 7 right. and that makes a difference. Right. Right. right? Especially with these but PLFs. It's a, kid, it's a kid-ish movie. Makes so. sense. Yeah. Kids are home so you do that. So Spider-Verse across the Spider-Verse came in number 2. It dropped fifty four percent, so it's a gr- it's a very good hold. It isn't the, it's not Mario holds. It's not a Mario, but also hold Mario or a was Maverick hold. Obviously. Also, those movies were not up against anything. Yes, this is a crowded marketplace. Mario opened against like Renfield, was yeah. still in theaters. This is a crowded marketplace, which means that a fifty four for this dropping fifty four from a hundred and twenty. Right, is amazing. Right, right. Because when Mario had its hold in the spring. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think anything opened the weekend after Mario that took away all its PLFs. No, I think they they had the PLFs for a while there. Yeah, yeah. So so the Spidey hold is very good. It's not mind-blowing that we were hoping for. We were hoping for a sub-50% drop. We were, but but again, it opened to 120. Exactly. It's already made more than the whole domestic run of the first oh, movie. Oh, yes. This is a, a spectacular and run And right it is going to have legs. Yes. As spiders do. Yes. It will have legs. Yes. And yes. I don't think you can say that for beasts. And we We'll cer- see, but probably not. And we certainly are... We'll see for Fast X. No. Right? No, no. Cars have no legs. And Mermaid is a little bit, I think, ahead, like just like a 1%. Ahead of Aladdin at this point. That's a, that's great. Um, I might be wrong about that. It's somewhere. It's very close to Aladdin in its yeah. run. And you know what? The thing about this is that it is playing to the ladies. Yes. And nothing else is exclusively playing to the ladies. Yes. Right now, yes. obviously, little boys like Little Mermaid too. Right. Right. And little, little girls little, like Spider Man. Yeah. And, and and little people like them both. Yes. So I do think that I can't just genderize it. But I mean, Little Mermaid is gonna, you know, is going to skew more towards the female. Yes. And yes. that's great. And that's why it's still doing well and not dropping off the face of the planet. Now, I totally, we totally forgot it even opened because it's not on our radar. We're not going to look at this as the summer of the Little Mermaid. Right. We're probably going to look at this as the summer of Spidey and the summer of Impossible and who knows something Maybe the else. Maybe summer could be. of Flash. We'll see. And Jennifer Lawrence coming back. It could be the summer of Jennifer Lawrence and an yes. R-rated comedy. Yes. W- yes. You know, fingers and, crossed. And speaking of, so we got. No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence opening in a couple of weeks on June 23rd. And so she is making the rounds now. There aren't late night TV shows because of the writer's strike. So she. Melissa B. is not doing her show. uh, Samantha B. B., I'm sorry. Samantha Samantha B. is is not. Her show is not on the air, uh, we assume, because of the writer's strike. So Jennifer Lawrence can't go on the TV chat shows to promote this movie. So she is doing podcasts. She was recently on. The Rewatchables with Bill Simmons. And here's what I'll say about that. She was talking about Dumb and Dumber and how great Dumb and Dumber was. And she was fantastic. Fantastic. She was talking about how much she loved the diarrhea scene. Mm -hmm. And she loves the soundtrack. Her favorite music is mid-90s alt-pop rock, which is great and makes total sense. And and we, we both assume that is true. But here is what I will say to Jennifer Lawrence's team. Yes. I'm not expecting Jennifer Lawrence's listening to this, but I do expect her team. Her team listens. We know this. If she comes on the B.O. Boys, we guarantee we will hit record on our good microphones. Yes, we will hit record. And, And 
not throwing shade at any other shows. Uh, again, Jennifer Lawrence was on Bill Simmons, The Rewatchables. There's other shows that she does that apparently the highly paid hosts and producers of, of that show forget to turn the good microphones on and it sounds like computer trash. But we guarantee on the BO Boys, Jennifer Lawrence, you come on, we will be recording with our good microphones. We will press record. We will press record. That's all we have to say. We'll press record. We'll press record. So Jennifer Lawrence's team, know that as you're putting together her podcast schedule. So listen, Pat will check it and then I'll double check it. Yep. And then Pat will double check my double check. Yes, 100%. And want to be a winter Christopher, he's not going to be involved. Oh we, no! We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, I we'll, chat him in. We're gonna iPhone. We're gonna have a call, and we're gonna show him the light to make sure wow. that we're not hallucinating that this record light is all on. right. We'll, we'll we will bring him in. We'll do the that. young eyes. His yes. young eyes will look and make sure that this is recorded. Great. We'll give Jennifer Lawrence the special treatment of wannabe Owen turn Christopher. We'll triple check FaceTime our him. microphone. FaceTime checks. him right in. Great. So uh, you know, because she's gonna be listen. It's it's that's the promotion she has to do for this No Hard Feelings movie. Mm-hmm. She's got to go on the podcast, talk directly to the guys. And listen, the women are going to go see this. Everyone's going to go see yeah. this movie. But it seems like she knows the audience that she's got to really hit the next few weeks. And listen, the B.O. Boys has a diverse audience. All, you know, want to be old boys, want to be old girls, want to be old people. people. We say it because it's true. But... Our fan base, they are going to be very interested in this mm-hmm. movie. So this is the audience you want to talk to. Target. So Jennifer Lawrence's people, think about that when you're putting the podcast schedule together, and we will hit record. Yes. We will hit record. Um, anything else we want to say about this weekend? Boogeyman uh, held up fine. Boogeyman. It's fine. It's fine. It's not going to be, listen, we've said it's not going to be Black Phone, but it didn't fall. Listen, 44% drop. Actually, look at that. That is... Very good. That is a very good hold. It's obviously it's not holding from a high number like a Spider-Man, but horror wins again, as Brett would say, you know, our chief horror correspondent and the the co-host of The New Flesh. Brett would always says horror always wins. Yeah. And Boogeyman won. Good and, good and, hold. And they don't have to talk to their financiers. No, to no. Know that this movie is making a profit. Yes. Boogie it's already Man. making a profit in theaters, and it's going to make a profit downstream. Yes. PVOD, yes. and then when it jumps on a streamer, people are going to watch it. Yes. So good win for the Boogeyman. Good win for Chris Messina, I guess, who's having a sneaky good year, being an heir, leading the Boogeyman. You know, good for him. Um, the Machine is still in the top ten. Are we really talking about the Machine? I mean... Are we really wasting hit, valuable studio it time? It has now hit $10 million total, which Good. is something we thought maybe would have been possible that opening weekend. Yeah. How uh, naive we were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, not much. One to keep an eye on. Obviously, this is still in the art house circuit, but past lives in its second weekend, and it's like sort of semi, not even, I would not say wide release because it's in 26 theaters. The per screen average is $20,000. It had the highest per screen average in the top 10. Obviously, when you're in so little theaters and the theaters are hyper-targeted at who wants to see your movie, the mm-hmm. per screen uh, average will be high. This is an A24 movie. They're coming off a big Oscar year. That's the thing is this time a year ago, or I guess earlier in the year because it was a spring, A24 had everything everywhere all at once. And Past Lives is a zero chance at being that kind of box office earner. Oh, it's yeah. Just, everything everywhere was... Also a comedy action movie, you know, whatever. But Past Lives could be something to keep our eye on is can A24 get enough box office for this movie where at the end of the year, the box office helps its case to be uh, an Oscar contender? We'll see. So we'll see. I saw this weekend. Excellent movie. Great. Excellent movie. Uh, Greta Lee, let's start the nom 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 train. But- Having a good box office run always helps. Well, uh, more importantly, are you putting any money on her on my bookie? Um, I think that that is a strong possibility that I will be doing that when the show me the money, possibly on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, possibly on a new podcast network. Me and Nikki T, Nick Turner are going to be having those conversations soon. 
when that show starts up again and I'm laying money down, Greta Lee for Best Actress might be where I place my money. So, you know, we will talk about that, talk about gambling down the road. Yeah, because, Pat, I think at this point, if we're talking about gambling on the Oscars, we've said it all for this week. You think so? Yeah. I uh, mean, where can they find us? All right. So then find what us, What else were you going to talk about? Talk about email. Talk us. about I, your father? Talk about, about all about my father? Manscala's father or whatever. What's his name? Maniscalpa? Sebastian Maniscalpa. Uh, manscaping. Uh, manscaping.com. Um, email us at theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails, your predictions, your boots on the ground reporting. Of course, follow us on social media. Want to be our intern Christopher. Just earned another year of being an intern because of his great work making the social media accounts and videos for us. So thank you, Wannabe O Intern Christopher. You have earned this second straight year of being an intern. Follow us at the B.O. Boys Pod on social media. That is where Wannabe O Christopher's work is shown. Give us five stars on all the podcast platforms, but mainly just on Apple Podcasts. The other ones don't matter. So give us five stars. Write a little review. We appreciate that. Helps us find more listeners. And, of course, we're YouTubers. This episode, though, will not be on the YouTube channel. Now we're in the studio. We're in studio, so we don't have video recording capabilities here. Nope. But we're going to have the very special B.O. Boys Court episode that was created by Wannabe O Intern Christopher. That's going to be dropping on the YouTube channel instead of this episode. So you could go to the YouTube channel, watch that. Watch all of our past episodes that you've already listened to so you could see our faces as we talk about box office. So like, subscribe, smash that like button, smash that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. And I think that's it. That is it. I, don't, yeah. I, I cannot imagine anything that's left to say. All right. Except for, until next time. We'll smell you at the box office. Nailed it. <laughs>